The greatest BYU football plays in the words of the greatest BYU football players. Max Hall's rivalry heroics, the miracle at Memorial, and more. For the next hour, relive those plays and more on a special BYUSN Great Moments as told by Players, Volume 2. This is a BYU Sports Nation special. BYU football, great moments as told by Players, Volume 2. Presented by the BYU Store. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. This is a BYU Sports Nation special, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B. Presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with... Hail Mary odds maker, Jerem Jordan. Oh, man, this is a show we're going to talk about that. Uh, there have been some great Hail Marys. Uh, volume 1 wasn't enough, by the way. We did a Volume 1 of this show. we got to go to Volume 2, baby, a.k.a. Guardians of the Galaxy style. Let's go. Put in a nice soundtrack. Let's watch some great plays, and let's hit it. So, again, our guest lineup is unbelievable, yes. like it was in Volume 1. Volume 2 featuring an A-list guest lineup brought to you by Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why, we show how, and features the likes of Ty Detmer, Taysom Hill, the elite Mitch Matthews, Jernaro okay. Guilford, Max Hall, David Nixon, and Harvey Unga. Man. I know. We begin this special with BYU's lone Heisman Trophy winner, and the game that put him on the national map as the best quarterback in the country. Ty Detmer against number one ranked Miami in 1990. Brigham Young University has upset number one Miami, 28 to 21. A lot more can you say, Blaine? I think the fans on the field say it. They're swarmed on the field. The clock runs to triple zero. Probably one of the biggest games, other than the Michigan game where BYU won the national championship, this is the biggest game in the history of BYU football. And the face on the, the Miami people says it all. Let's just listen and watch, Jay. Down go the defending national champions in Provo, Utah. You heard Blaine Fow- a young Blaine Fowler there, by the way. I mean, he, he was the analyst on the uh, KBYU version of the broadcast with Jay Monson. That's the greatest win in BYU history. I, there are those who say 84 Michigan because it led to the national championship. But not only do you beat number one in football, BYU's never done that since, they end up number two in the country when the season is done. That's the best win by final ranking as well. So that's the best win. That's it. That win propelled BYU to a season where the Cougars were ranked as high as number four. And like I said, yeah. that game solidified Ty Detmer as a front runner for the Heisman Trophy. And in the end, probably wins it for him. Right? It, that game was the Heisman moment. Because Miami continued to play well. So yeah, they only voters could point to that. Uh, well, Miami's a top 10 team, and Ty Detmer beat them. Right. And in that era, Miami, in a three or four year span, wins, I believe, two national titles. I mean, they were just unbelievable. Fun so, to hear that call, see that spectacle at then Cougar Stadium, now Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and leave it to the six foot, tough as nails kid out of Texas to make sure that. He didn't upset his coach after the game. He got to get back to the locker room in time for the post-game <laughs> speech amidst the pandemonium. So I, uh, I probably, I think I did have my helmet on, and uh, and my biggest concern was, man, I'm going to get stuck out on the field and not get back to the locker room to hear Lavelle's, you know, post-game speech. And so I better, I better hurry and get in there. So I kind of fought my way to the railing there behind the bench and shimmied down the railing and I get up and I, I get up into the tunnel and I run in the locker room and all excited and 
I was the only one in there. And <laughs> it's like you can't go fight your way back, you know. It's like <laughs> that, that looked weird, like coming from the outside in, you know. So I sat in there probably for five minutes all by myself. Like, you know, I probably could have stayed on the field a little longer, and Lavelle probably wouldn't have been mad. So it's like, <laughs> I come in late. So um, that was. Yeah, that was my post-game celebration, was trying to get in there so Lavelle wouldn't be mad at me for being late to his post-game speech. <laughs> I'm trying so hard not to laugh. My cheeks hurt so bad. Did you, did you come back oh, out? Man. Did people start coming in? What happened? No, and people started filing in, but it was like one at a time. You know, it wasn't like <laughs> the whole group. Like, what are like, you doing here? Yeah, 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 so then I'm like, hey, I, I was the welcoming committee as people came in, just kind of high fiving everybody one at a time. So it was, uh, it was pretty funny. But you know, you look back, like, yeah, I probably could have celebrated that one a little more with the group. That's so funny. That's an amazing story. The welcoming committee of one, and it's Ty Detmer. He hustles in there, and nobody's Can't there. make Lavelle mad. Oh, my gosh. You just beat number one. Yeah, that's – no, enjoy it, man. That I, it's, it's hard when people don't enjoy the moment, right? And Ty is like, oh, I have – you know, I need to be in there. And he's thinking, I'm going to be the last one in there. Like, i got to hurry, but everyone's probably in there. Dude, everyone's on the field partying hard because BYU just beat the number one team in the country. And he had some unbelievable individual plays in that game. Two come to mind, specifically the first touchdown pass to Matt Bellini where he's dancing around, in and out of pressure. I mean, creating all defenders sorts of Defenders are hitting each other. And yeah. then he finds Bellini. And then, yeah, that second play where he makes two defenders collide as he skips out of uh, the rush and then throws a touchdown strike, I believe, to Mike Salito. So, I mean, he just had such a pocket presence about him and clearly a presence of mind to not upset the coach. Yeah, no, he knew. Listen, he was a junior. He knew who was in charge. And uh, that's what a great win. I mean, I, I think it'll be hard for BYU to top that win ever. Beating number one. Uh, it, people forget BYU's ranked 16th in this game. Based on where the opponent finished, you're right. It's going to be hard to top that. Yeah, I think beating number one or where the opponent finished, either one. Uh, BYU is a good team. They were ranked 16th. They had beaten UTEP the week before. They had this nice warm-up. Uh, BYU had lost two years before in Miami in 88, so this was, uh, this was payback. Ty Detmer, of all people, at one point coached the man who produced our next set of great plays. And we all knew and still know that Taysom Hill is an athletic freak for what he did against Texas, but his game in the state of Texas against Houston in 2013 may have been his greatest ever as a Cougar, leading BYU to a photo finish and a win against the other Cougars in an NFL stadium, no less. The bunch chips formation right there. Cody Hoffman. Presser. In zone. It's caught. Touchdown, BYU. It's the senior captain, Skyler Ridley. Oh, I love that call, too. Skyler Ridley from Taysom Hill. It's Joe Davis. So let's talk about it. This is Joe Davis, ESPN version, by the way. Joe Davis replaces Vin Scully as the TV voice of the Dodgers. And Joe Davis does 24, he does 2013 Houston, and he does 2014 Texas. For Not York. bad. So great calls by Joe Davis, who I think took over when he was 28 or something. Just crazy. Here we are, older than Joe Davis, going, hey, good for you, man. Taysom Hill leads the game-winning drive, throws for over 400 yards, or rushes 17. for over 100 yards yes. in that game. I mean, he is well, bruised and battered. Yeah. He came into BYU Sports Nation the weekend after and was just 
beaten up. He looked like he'd been in a UFC fight. Yeah, no, seriously. Cuts, bruises, swelling. I mean, it was it was wild. It was like, is that what it takes for him physically? Oh my gosh, that is that is hard. The the four hundred one hundred at the time was like the seventh time a quarterback had ever done a four hundred one hundred. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. That's the greatest statistical game in Taysom Hill's uh, career by total offense, I believe. But what what a win! That was an instant classic to shoot out with Houston. And I had said prior to that, oh, this is going to be an easy win. Houston's five and zero, but they haven't played anybody. Blah blah blah. No, no, no. This is the origin of seventeen plus. By the way, I said BYU was going to win by seventeen plus, <laughs> and they didn't. They won by one. BYU would win the game by uh, 17 plus seconds. Like yes. it would be determined with more yes. than 17 seconds. Our guy left. Mike Haig making some big plays in the Holy cow. Lonnie Fua comes up with the uh, game winning interception. Yep. Eventually, Bronco Mendenhall throws his hat off in jubilation into the stands. I didn't see that from a while, ever really That's from the that coach. First season we're covering the team with this show, 2013. Yeah, that was fun. Fun season. Hey, Taysom Hill's mind is uh, a brilliant one. And here is Taysom walking through the final drive to beat. The Houston Cougars. Um, well, first of all, our defense gave us great field position. So Scott, he, he pinned him back on that punt, and then our defense did what they always do and uh, gave us great field position. So I know that we didn't need to press. And uh, originally we ran a little uh, hitch in a corner over the top, and I, I had to come back to it, and Skyler was wide open, and, and uh, we were able to get him on a big play. And then I think we had a minute left, and uh, we didn't need to press again. We ran a couple run plays, and then Skyler just made a big play for me, and, and I went back to him. I gave him an opportunity to make that game when he touchdown catch, and, and uh, he's a great football player, and uh, I, I trust that dude, and that, that was apparent there. I trust that dude. One of the iconic statements of this show. Yeah, that's a drop on the show. So what, what, a, what a great play. What a great throw. I mean, yeah, he, he's throwing to Skyler Ridley. That's option you know, three or something among the receivers, and Skyler made a big play. Uh, we are later on a flag football team that defeats Skyler Ridley in the playoffs. So <laughs> right. I feel like it's kind of a wash there. No, Skyler was awesome. We had Preston Hadley on our team, so we felt like they were evenly matched up. Skyler's gone on to a coaching career and uh, Taysom doing his thing in the professional ranks. Taysom's so. doing all right. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's figured <laughs> he's, it out. He's doing okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, coming up, Gennaro Guilford's game-sealing interception against Utah. Why he didn't go down immediately. Plus, Mangum to Matthews and the miracle at Memorial through the eyes of the Hail Mary recipient. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. A Studio B special continues the greatest BYU sports moments as told by players. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. What's a BYU SN special without a Hail Mary? Come on. Volume 1 included the McMahon to Brown Miracle Bowl comeback. Our Hail Mary offering in Volume 2 centers on the Miracle at Memorial in the 2015 season, BYU at Nebraska, final play of the game. Freshman Tanner Mangum searching for an elite receiver. And a memorable season opener for both teams. Three-man rush. Mangum, all kinds of time. Steps into the throw, in the wind, down to the goal line, and caught! Touchdown, BYU! Mitch Matthews on the last play of the game. What a fantastic call by Sean McDonough. So good. We love that call. Goosebumps watching that again, man. All kinds of time 
into the wind, down to the goal line. The crescendo continues in his voice and then culminates in caught with a touchdown. That's so, so good. So good. <laughs> Everything about that's perfect, man. Cosmo jumping in there, tearing out. Hugging the ref, it's all amazing. Aaron Houck hugs the referee that's raising his hands to signal <laughs> touchdown. That is incredible. The ref's so vulnerable there. He can't, like, you know, you know, stiff arm him. He's got to signal the touchdown. The celebration, headsets flying off of Bronco Mendenhall. Oh, it's, it's so good. It was unbelievable. It's so good. Elite, dare I say, Jim. That play was elite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, but how about another legendary Cougar um, that uh, knows how things, or I should say the emotions and storylines involved in that moment are just incredible. One play, one play, and Taysom Hill has been out. He's hurt himself, so fans are wondering what's going on with him. Potential devastation to ultimate elation. Tanner Mangum fresh off his mission. Nebraska hasn't lost a home opener in 30 years. They pay BYU a million dollars to come play that game. Worth it. <laughs> And that's Mitch Matthews makes one of the greatest catches in BYU football history. Here's uh, Mr. Mitch on that catch. There's a lot of luck sprinkled in. I can't, I can't lie to you, but it's so funny watching that because Cosmo ran into the dog pile with us as well. So he was in there. He's always, he always seems <laughs> Cosmo to make an appearance. For doing that. But, gets around. Yeah, but to make that play, there's a lot of luck sprinkled in there, but you have to have the mindset of that ball. Well, first of all, that ball is spinning so slowly when it's coming down to you. So you've got you to really hone in on that. They're not going to call pass interference. So no matter what, you just got to get big and make a good play for your team. So as you're looking at the ball, is it, is it in slow motion coming down to you? And at what point did you think, I think I'm going to catch this? It's slower than slow motion for sure and, and Tanner could have done a better job throwing a better spiral he, yeah. he, he gave me a disadvantage so I gave him a hard time but uh, <laughs> he put in a perfect spot and it was it was probably six inches into the end zone where I had to catch and barely turn in so it's perfectly placed by him like I said a lot of luck sprinkled in there but you got to you got to play big if you if you watch my clip it, it was for sure pass interference but like I said they're not going to call that you just got to make a play I've mentioned it before that play really changed our lives and, and to this yeah. day four years later people still bring it up all the time and it, it forever linked us in BYU football history just, just one play, one catch. You know, imagine if he didn't catch it. Imagine if I didn't throw it. And, uh, and look what it did. You know. Tanner Mangum, Mitch Matthews, and they're right. Their wardrobes were unbelievable right there, by the way. <laughs> Turtleneck for Mitch. I mean, I like a lot of things. For... I like a lot of things about Mitch. I think he's elite in a lot of, a lot of rest. <laughs> I don't know about that outfit, though. What a play. I mean, <laughs> not only is it BYU's backup quarterback in the moment, but it's a true freshman whose helmet keeps kind of coming off, right? Mitch Matthews, who had a tremendous senior season, um, you know he's he's so good. Uh, we've argued about how good, but anyway, this play was unbelievable, and it's thrown into the BYU part of the uh, crowd. By the way, they're right there. They have a perfect viewpoint of this situation, and for this play to happen, really started 2015 off with a bang because we were all depressed over the news of Taysom Hill being out again, and I was like, oh my gosh, again. But Tanner Mangum had a really, really good season, and it started with this amazing play. And uh, then the next week, Boise State, right? And they go on to win nine, which was a really nice season. Talk about maximizing your role as the backup. And speaking of that, there's another guy, Brandon Doman, who took over as the BYU starter at the end of his junior year. He was the third stringer, calmly torched New Mexico in Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Lavelle Edwards' final home game, and then went to Salt Lake City and led the Cougars on a game-winning drive in the final moments against the University of Utah in 2000. But one dramatic win over the Utes, well, it wasn't enough for the Dominator. In 2001, BYU was unbeaten. They were 10-0 going into the game. Top 10 team trying to secure a Mountain West Conference championship as they renewed that rivalry with Utah. And the Cougars provided us with a moment that may have registered on the Richter scale, Doman to Staley. 
away. Another shotgun option. They still don't have Staley. Touchdown! Jeremy, you were in the stands in the game. I don't know you how you survived. Me. I don't know how you survived that. You, you can hear me right there. Uh, you know, screaming really uh, high-pitched. <laughs> this was a great moment. I mean, BYU's 11-0, and they love that short side option play, which we'll hear from David Nixon here in a second. He normally is not a fan of that, but... This is the top offense in the country. BYU's undefeated. They're down 11, by the way, with like three and a half minutes to go. This is the second touchdown that BYU gives the lead, BYU the lead. And oh my gosh, two of the greats, one of the greatest batteries in BYU history, if you will, quarterback and running back, Doman to Staley down the sideline. Brandon Doman just makes a tremendous play and great blocking down the field. Your guy Soren Halliday on that. I mean, and Luke Staley has the greatest rushing season in BYU history. He's the Doak Walker Award winner, beating Utah late in the game. Another dramatic win versus Utah. BYU has this unbelievable history of those. I'm hoping for more soon, uh, but this is unbelievable what happens here. An option to the boundary side of the field in that moment. Who has the moxie to make that play call? Brandon Doman does. Changes the play at the line. Why did he do it? And what happened through his eyes? One of the things that we did well that year was uh, the, the coaches allowed me to check into run plays. And I gave them some heartburn a lot of times because we'd have a great pass play dialed up and I would see something in the run game and I would check to it. Um, but in that particular case, they, they were running a, a, a type of defense that left them vulnerable to the boundary, to the weak side of the field which meant they only had three guys there, a defensive tackle, a defensive end, and a linebacker. They had inverted the safety to the strong side of the field over the top of Reno. And so we checked into a weak side speed option. And um, their defensive end was one-on-one with me and Luke. And uh, our receivers were so good at blocking downfield. If I remember right, it might have been Soren Halliday or Andrew Ord. I can't remember which one. But uh, after, you know, checking to that and getting the defensive end to commit to me, I had to kind of do a little dance move to get him to, to stay with me because I knew I wasn't going to score. So <laughs> um, if I could get him to stay with me and, and get the ball in Luke's hands, there was a darn good chance that something spectacular would happen. And sure enough, he committed to me and we pitched it to Luke and, and our receivers and our line, everybody blocked like they, like they did that year. They were so good at it. And uh, he took off down the sideline. And I've been in that stadium hundreds of times. And uh, I've never felt that electrifying of a feeling in that stadium ever in my life. It was an unbelievable experience to see him go down that sideline that way. Yeah, not many occasions will create that type of volume and just excitement and electricity. Beating Miami in 1990, got the crowd there. Uh, 2015, when Tanner Mangum hits Mitchell Jurgens on the second Hail Mary after the yeah. Nebraska game, and then Kai Nakua returns the interception into the end zone. Like, that moment may have come close to it, but it's, it's hard to find that type of electricity. It's Utah. It's 11-0 because BYU fans are thinking, is this our 1984 repeat in terms of an undefeated season? BYU ends up getting as high as number 12 uh, after you know that win in Mississippi State. But what, what a play. Uh, what a play to check into the run 
on the short side, the boundary side. And uh, it worked, man. It worked for two all-timers. BYU TV football analyst, former NFL guy David Nixon, has so kindly offered his expertise on why and how this play worked and became ultimately a legendary moment. Doman does a fantastic job of seeing the strength of the field, goes away from it, uh, and, and executes this falsely. But keep in mind, a lot of this has to do with BYU's blocking up front and some help from Utah. So Utah's linebackers decide to bring a blitz off the field side. In doing so, the middle linebacker blitzes the A-gap. He takes himself out of the play. That's boom, one guy out of the picture. Of course, the guy's blitzing from the field side out of the picture because they're running away from him. As the play develops, uh, you see Doman. The play really goes to Doman in the sense that he does a stutter step. He slows down, gives a little shimmy, to the defensive end because the defensive end is the pitch guy. That's who they're pitching off of. He does a great job of slowing down the defensive end. And in doing so, the linebackers, when he does that shimmy and stutters, the linebackers respect it as well and do some false steps, which does not allow them to get out to Staley on the outside. Staley and Doman, fantastic job of a pitch relationship at maintaining that throughout the play. They've done this a thousand times. They can do it in their sleep. Almost Doman, no look, basically, throws it out to Staley. Staley does the rest. But fantastic downfield blocking by Doug Jolly, the tight end. Goes up, seals the edge. you got Archibald leading the front as well. He's almost blocking nobody. He's looking for work. And then, of course, Soren Halliday down the field blocking as well to spring open Staley. It's a beautiful thing. A play that goes down in history. My guy, the high-motor guy, Soren Halliday. Soren Halliday, man. Getting that block downfield as a wide receiver. Luke Staley prances into the end zone. BYU wins that game. They stay undefeated, and they win the Mountain West Conference Championship. Uh, which David Nixon doesn't care about. Okay, coming up, <laughs> Max Hall to Austin Colley on 4th and 18. Gennaro Guilford would like to have a say on what really sealed that win over Utah in 2001. We'll give it to him. This is BYU Sports Nation. He is Jerem, and I am Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Football. The greatest moments as told by players. We just walked you through Doman to Staley, which was super awesome. The go-ahead score in 2001 to give BYU a 24-21 lead over Utah. But that did not technically end the game. The Utes were driving and potentially setting up for a game-tying field goal when Gennaro Guilford took a chance, and it paid huge dividends. But they love to get closer. Rice's pass is intercepted. Guilford seals the win for BYU. Another one of those moments. So loud, right? And and we just talked about Delman in the last segment to Staley. And you're hearing that volume, and it goes up a notch because now the game's over. I mean, it was so electric in the stadium, just beating Utah, being undefeated, sealing the win with an interception. We were talking about it during the break about this reminds us of 2015 Boys State where you have the Jurgens Hail Mary, but you also have the Kainukua pick six to seal it. That kind of felt like that. And why didn't Gennaro Guilford take it to the house? Yeah, so often <laughs> there are these iconic offensive plays, but they're followed up by – amazing defensive plays that seal we, the game. We forget the defensive plays sometimes. We're trying not to. That's why we're showing it to yeah. you here. Let's go, baby. Well, it's no surprise Gennaro's now coaching up guys in his post-playing days. He was an outstanding player and very, very smart. Guilford had six interceptions to lead the Cougars in 2001. 
but none more crucial and critical than the one we just showed you. He explained why he wanted to take the risk he did. I was I was blessed to have uh, Coach Mitchell as as a coach, and um, he gave me the green light to always take chances. Honestly, um, and you know I knew I knew they needed a first down to get in 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 a in field goal range, um, and I just remember thinking to myself, um, if he does anything, if this receiver breaks down in any way, I'm just taking a chance. And he broke down, and I took a chance, and I mean, and there we go. But, um, you know, and, and everybody, they always tell me, like, if he would have ran a double move, he would have scored. And I'm like, yeah, he probably he probably would have. But that's the, that's the life of a, a playing corner. You take chances. Um, you have to take risks, and you have to you have to be confident enough to know um, the situations. So um, I just I, I took a chance and sealed the game. How come you got caught? So let me let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you, okay. So for the people who don't remember, remember that's when I had my knee injury. I got hurt in the first quarter, mm. so that's when you know I had to go to the locker room and get some things done to come back and play. So that's why I had the knee sleeve on. So you know I was a tad. I wasn't as mobile as I would have been. No, but no, but no excuses. I got caught. Hey, it is what it is. Um, it's more of a four nine forty than a four four, right? Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you still ran fifty but, yards. I mean, you could have run out of the stadium because the clock would have expired. You could have just run, uh, run out. Yeah, but I no, I wanted to score. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say I didn't want to. No, I wanted to <laughs> score so bad. Like I, I wanted to get in the end zone. Like it wasn't even. That's not even an argument. I wanted to get in the end zone. I was, I was mad. Gennaro, but the quarterback took a. The quarterback took a good angle, so I had to kind of cut in a little bit, mm-hmm. and then he got me. So. Yeah, yeah, and and you could have just gone down, but no, just 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 no, get out of there. No. no, let's go. No, not in that game. In in the other game, yeah, you take a knee, you run out of bounds. That game, nah, it, it's no going down. We're gonna <laughs> pour it on. Uh-uh. I'm glad he brings up Brian Mitchell, his coach, because that's the man that said, "Hey, you need to recognize." The situation, situational awareness, Jerem. I would argue obedience in this case. (laughs) Shout out to the safety zone. (laughs) Okay. You understand the situation you're in and knowing that they probably want to get to the sticks, get out of bounds so they can kick a field goal. So there's not a high chance that they are going to run a double move. He's calculating all of that and then just makes a beautiful break on the ball. But that's coaching. That is coaching to set him yes. up to make that play. Moral of the story, uh, do a double move and get a touchdown if you're on offense. <laughs> Late in <laughs> right? the game. Right? Take Late in the, the game. Risk. Yeah, take the risk. Don't go for the sticks. Which, let's be honest, we saw that in volume one with Micah Simon. Micah Simon ends up being the guy that goes deep and gets it in yes, that situation. Yes, they right? thought BYU was going to take a 10 or 15 yarder, get out of bounds, and maybe set up for a Hail Mary. But they didn't, no. No, they, uh, they were going for it all. I want to point out uh, something that's really unique before the uh, General Guilford pick. Utah has a fourth and ten, and they throw a tackle-eligible play to future uh, Carolina Panther offensive lineman Jordan Gross, who makes a move and gets out of bounds for a first down. That is the craziest play I've seen on fourth down west of uh, Boise State in the 06 Fiesta Bowl and BYU in the Holiday Bowl in 83 with the Stinnett to Young. That was such an aggressive, crazy, unique play. And they got the first. And they looked like, I mean, 
they were in field goal range almost and uh, could tie the game or take the lead. So that was a huge, huge play by Gennaro Guilford, who's doing great things uh, you know, at BYU uh, as a coach, as you mentioned, which has been awesome. Man. It's, uh, <laughs> how, how fun was that to relive that game? Uh, let, let's keep it going. Coming up, Harvey Ungon nearly forgetting the play on a direct, direct snap that he scored on. Yeah, speaking of BYU versus Utah, and magic happens with Max Hall on 4th and 18. This is BYU Sports Nation. Oh, so good. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, a special in Studio B. Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton here. This is The Greatest Moments, as told by players, Volume 2. We've already featured multiple classic rivalry game moments and even snuck Max Hall in as a fan at one of them in Volume 1. Well, it was Max doing the sneaking back in 2000, or sneaking in rather in 2006. In 2007, he was on the field. There was no sneaking around. He's the spotlight guy making a name for himself with Austin Colley on 4th and 18 late in the 4th quarter. Final play of the game offensively for BYU. Here we go. 4th down and 18. Hall watches. He's got Colley waiting on it. Catches it across the 40-yard line. All by himself behind Bryce McCain. The change will move. Territory goes BYU. Unreal. How in the world does Austin Colley get lost behind Bryce McCain? It was a double move on fourth down. We Jeremy. talked about double moves. More of the story. Do double moves at the end of games. <laughs> You're going to get open. This was unbelievable. And uh, yeah, what, what a day. Another dramatic, crazy win for Utah, which we'll get to the other end of this play uh, a little bit later. Yeah, the backstory to this play is rather humorous. I'm sure it didn't feel funny in the moment for the players, just ultimate stress. But it's a good thing Max Hall was the one receiving instruction because he put his own spin on it and made the most of it with the guy he had developed an amazing rapport with over the years. You know, 14 18, I looked over to the sideline to coach and I, and I could just kind of see the disgust on his face. And I'm like looking at him like, hey, coach, give me a play here. And all he did was signal me a route which was a go route. He didn't give me a formation. He didn't give me a play. He just singled me a go route. So I said, all right, well, I'll do this. So I, I called trips right. I called trips right. And then I did call a four-vert play. So pretty much everybody go deep. But I gave Austin a, a stutter on the outside. And what was kind of cool about this play is as I took my drop, uh, the right end uh, defensive end came upfield, and I had to step up hard and get out of the pocket. Right as I was stepping up to get out of the pocket, Austin was running his stutter before he went on his go. And I think between me getting up out of the pocket, Austin running his stutter, the corner bit hard. So he came down hard. I got out. Austin went right by him, and then I just threw the thing. I had a I had a separated shoulder, throwing shoulder. I felt like I threw that thing as hard as I could. It probably went about 35 yards. And it just, it just, Austin was open and he caught it and we moved on. But I just, that play, after that play, was the loudest I've ever felt that stadium be as far as me being there as a player. Just run a double move. Run a double that, move. That's what Jeremy. we've learned. Uh, you know, and Micah Simon does it against Tennessee, I guess. So Max brought it up, but he has a slightly separated shoulder. 
after the game the week before at Wyoming. So he plays hurt, and he said, I threw it as far as I could, 35 yards. But crazy story about this. So the day before, BYU had played Louisville, who was ranked sixth in the country in men's hoops down in Vegas at the Orleans. That was my first time in the Orleans. First of many with the WCC tournaments. Uh, we broadcast the game, BYU TV. I sideline it. BYU upset, sixth-ranked Louisville. It's amazing. So we thought, hey, if BYU loses, we're going to do the old Dominion game the next day, who was playing North Carolina. Well, BYU beats Louisville, so we don't have a game to do. So the next morning... Uh, we drive back. BYU plays North Carolina that night, almost wins. It was wild. But I, I was thinking going into that weekend, I'm going to miss the BYU-Utah game in person. And from 95 to this point, I hadn't missed a game in person mm. except for my mission. So I thought, ah, the streak's over. I have a job to do. I'm going to sideline. This is awesome. Um, we go down. BYU wins. All of a sudden, Saturday morning, a few of us go, hey, we got to get back. So I go on the field, and I'm at the end giving you know, play-by-play to someone on the phone, and uh, I, I believe got you some tickets, and you mm-hmm. went to the game, which mm-hmm. was awesome. You're in Grand Junction. And BYU wins, and this amazing thing. I didn't miss the game. I was happy to uh, be there. Stuck in the middle of the field rush. And, and yeah, yeah, that too. So I go into the middle of the field celebrating, and I, and I think, wait, this is overrated. I'm stuck here in the middle. If you haven't been in the middle of that, you just, you get in the middle, you, yeah, and then you're just done. It's the eye of the storm. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's yes, kind of exactly. calm and you're just doing nothing. It's super calm and I'm like, why, how are you? What's going on? How are you today? How'd you enjoy the game? Well, not only did you get me a ticket, but you got a ticket for oh, my mom, Christine. I mainly got it for Christine. I had finally convinced her to go to a BYU-Utah rivalry game and she's like, I don't know if I can handle the stress of this. It is stressful. You know, because she is fully invested, uh, <laughs> and that's a purposeful hey, use of fully invested. Hey, well invested, done there. I, yeah, yeah, T-shirts and stuff. In yeah. BYU, and she's like, oh, I'm going to show up, and they're going to lose, and I'm bad luck. And, you know, here I am on 4th and 18 thinking, I'm never going to live this down. My mom will <laughs> never forgive me for she this. She was right. I came from Grand Junction. It's 10 to 9. Oh, no. And then 4th and 18 happens. BYU wins the game, and I was like, you get that negative attitude out of here. <laughs> BYU won. And your mom's a positive person, yeah. but she was feeling the stress of uh, BYU-Utah. And that's another just classic, amazing thing. Think about the yardage needed to get that play. Unbelievable. 18 <laughs> yards. The previous two plays, by the way, BYU almost had the, the ball picked off thanks to your boy Dennis Pitta. I mean, he's tipping it around. He's losing his helmet, whatever. It's, all, it's like, Dennis, catch the ball. But instead, you had to go to someone who would actually catch it, and his name was Austin Collins. you got to work in a dig on Dennis Pitta in this show. Well, he almost cost BYU the game. Fourth and 18 was clearly unbelievable, but it wouldn't be fourth and 18 if it weren't paid off by Harvey Unga's paint-on-the-helmet special against Steve Tate to seal the win against the Utes. Then a year later, Harvey has another memorable moment, but this time in Salt Lake City against Utah in 2008, I think with an Anchorman reference, no less. Unga behind Hall. Direct snap. Unga left side. Second touchdown of the night. Wow. we, We saw a new play on the last series. Intent to deceive by BYU, but this time it doesn't get called as a penalty. Right, and we'll address that here in a second uh, with Harvey, but this was a huge game. BYU's ranked 16th, Utah's ranked 8th. This is the greatest matchup of highly ranked foes in the history of this rivalry, and Utah was unbelievable. This is the Utah team that went and won the Sugar Bowl and beat Alabama. Yeah, they were so good, but at this point, we're thinking, hey, it's a game, let's go, and BYU runs this crazy direct snap to Harvey, and it works. It was awesome. Oh, yeah, it's so great. Now, What's better than hearing the story from the guy that actually produced the story, Harvey Unga? 
when we're practicing the play, there was there was a few times where the snaps were a little sketchy, and we, we thought Coach and I was just going to pull it. We were like, all right, he's not going to call it. It's, it's not looking great. Um, but we, we, we kept practicing, got into it. So then finally in the game, um, we were down there towards their goal line, ready to score. And I just remember Max calling the play. And I'm, I think, I, what do we call it, 69 hoes? I think it was. Yeah, sixty-eight holes. Okay. Um, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, wait, we're really gonna run this? Um, <laughs> so I'm over there, like, yeah, obviously lined up back behind him. I don't know how far, and I see him just veer off to the right, and he starts yelling. I can't really hear him because we're in the north end zone at Utah. It's loud as heck, um, and the whole time I'm like. I'm watching him like flailing his arms, yelling, but I, I forget the ball is going to be snapped without anyone saying said, hut. <laughs> I'm watching him go over there. And then the corner of my eyes, see the ball snap. And I look and like, luckily I catch it right in time. It was high too, right? A little bit. It, yeah. yeah. It, it was too bad. I just, yeah, it was dumb of me. I, I, I knew I should have been watching the ball, but yeah, good. I mean, got the snap, took off and, I just remember as soon as Max walks away, I watched like Paul Kruger and all these defensive linemen just take a knee and they start looking at Max walk away. And right <laughs> as the ball snapped, our O-line just buries everybody. <laughs> and ended up walking in. Now, I just want to know what Max Hall was saying to Austin Colley when he's flashing that. Oh, we know what he, this is. He's yelling down the line. So, yeah, let's go, let's go back to Max Hall just because he's classic in any rivalry moment. You know what? Okay, this is classic, all right? So there, there's, there's, a, there's a scene in that movie where, uh, uh, where um, Ron Burgundy throws a burrito out his window and it hits Jack Black on a motorcycle, right? You remember this? <laughs> <laughs> so Jack, they stop, and Jack Black comes up to the window, and he goes, Hey, bro, did you just throw a burrito at your window? <laughs> so, so right in the middle of my cadence, I stop, and I look over at Austin, and I then I gave that line to him. I said, "Hey, bro!" And he looks up at me and goes, "What?" And I start walking towards him and say, "Did you just throw a burrito at you?" And then the ball gets snapped and Harvey scores. <laughs> and we, at the at the time, at the time, we thought it was the coolest thing ever. So if there was one positive thing that came out of the Utah game my junior <laughs> year, it would be it would be that play and quoting Anchorman for a touchdown pass against Utah. <laughs> So That's good. one of the greatest stories ever. <laughs> He's walking over to Austin saying, bro, did you? And he has his fist up, right fist. Did you just throw a burrito out your window to me? <laughs> Boom, snap to the, Harvey Young <laughs> and he walks in. That is so funny because I love Anchorman. That's probably my favorite movie. Can you imagine if you're a Utah defender and you hear that line? Like, what? Well, yeah, Harvey explains. They, Paul Kruger and all those guys kind of stand up. Remember, this is, at the end of the season, the second best team in the country. And they're looking over at this anchorman line, you know, listening, going, what? Oh, hey, and Harvey's in the end zone. Touchdown. Just so funny. Tied it at 17. Doesn't matter what happened after that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there were a lot of turnovers. BYU would get its revenge in 09. Yeah, absolutely. All okay. right. Coming up, Harvey Unga. I mean, we, we've heard from him enough, right? So maybe we just need some more Max Hall. Do we not? How about more? This is the Max Hall show. Let's go. Specifically, Hall to George. You like that memory? This is BYU Sports Nation.
Our BYU Sports Nation special continues, and it's only fitting that Max Hall cemented his legacy against Utah in 2009 with another classic rivalry performance and finding a fellow senior to open up a field storm in December of 2009, or November, I should say, of 2009 at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Hall to George goes now. So it's second down and 10 for BYU. Four-man rush, throwing it over the middle. It's caught. Andrew George. Touchdown, BYU. You got a better shot of that moment than you did in 2006, right? Yeah, I actually, uh, I actually kept my camera, uh, you know, viewfinder up and uh, actually <laughs> the lens up and actually shot it. <laughs> what, a, what a play, right? Um, and and BYU beats Utah. I mean, BYU goes a long time without beating Utah, and uh, you know, up to this point, it's been what 11 years, and uh, that's really hard. Although it could end this season. In the mm-hmm. season opener, mm-hmm. 2020, that is. That, that would be awesome. So, um, yeah, Hall to George. Utah's kicked a field goal. The game can end in one play, whether it's a turnover by BYU or a score for a touchdown, and it ends. Um, so, personally, that was very gratifying, obviously, after 08, where BYU had been blown out. And 09, this is a BYU team that's pretty good. Got into the top 10 and uh, ends up beating Oklahoma to open the season, beats Tulane, gets blown out by Florida State, but bounces back throughout this season, is going to end the season after this with a big win over a top 25 team in Oregon State. You have seniors in, uh, in Hall and Pitta, and it's just really meaningful. Not to mention Andrew George, who caught the game-winning touchdown. Of course. That, that book, at, that, those two tight ends, those split ends of uh, Pitta and George were just awesome, right? So if, if we play it back, the replay, you can see me. Clearly. In fact, could we do that? Could I just call an audible here? Uh, so once, once he scores the touchdown, the director on the TV feed, um, and go ahead and roll it. I'll just direct from the uh, set here. This is every director's <laughs> nightmare. Uh, is that I, I'm in the end zone, um, and, and so George scores the touchdown. And where is everybody, right, by the way? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show up. Keep going. I'm going to show up here. Um, keep going. It's like two shots away. After this, and I turn, yep, there's me removing my hoodie, right? That's me, yep, right pull, there. Pull the hoodie yep, off. I pull it off, and I turn around to make sure I'm not going to get hit. <laughs> <laughs> so right before that play, my camera battery uh, flashes at me like almost at a battery. Like oh, it's no. Cold. It's very cold. So I'm freaking out. I'm switching the battery really fast. I get it locked in. I turn it back on. I press record as it snaps. Oh, but it wasn't that good because we didn't use the shot. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you got it. Yeah. And it was a very cold night. And obviously, moments later, I mean, what, maybe 15 minutes or something, Max Hall goes into the room oh, and he boy. goes on his rant. I'm in the room there and I'm like, okay. And since then, it hasn't been Utah. <laughs> we joke that it's the Max Hall curse, you know? <laughs> but is it? Max Hall says it's not, of course, but it's been a minute. Now, Max Hall was a surgeon. I mean, we're talking about the all-time winningest quarterback in BYU history that's dissecting the opponent and their defense in such a clutch situation. Overtime, game on the line. It's his senior day. Here's Max Hall on the moment. The play was spread right. We just called it 56. It was kind of a little, uh, 
kind of a little kind of a stick play by the inside tight end. And um, based on the look I got, I kind of I looked over at Andrew and I gave him, you know, like the signal for like West Side, you know, the W. Yes. So that, that was kind of the signal I gave him. And, and uh, that that gave him kind of a double move. So he kind of stuck to go run the out route and then he pivoted back inside. So he beat the outside defender, but they were in like a match man coverage. So the safety was coming down to play him on the inside. So he stuck the receiver outside, came back in, and then I was able to just fit it to him right before the safety was able to come down to him to make the play. And then the best part about it is he caught it and he split the two and they ended up running in. The two defenders ran into each other, and that's when he just ran free right down the middle of the field. So it, it was a route that we had worked on all the time in practice, and I was able to get the ball out on time, and Andrew ran a great route and then split him, went for a touchdown. So 56 with a little West Side W tag on it. So you changed his route before the play, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, because the the if I remember correctly, it's been a long time, but um, what I remember is that the defender over him was playing a little bit of outside leverage, so I knew the outside breaking route wasn't going to work, so I gave him the signal to kind of take a step out and then pivot back inside um, uh, just based off the look we got. So he saw it, too. He looked at me. He knew. He nodded and then executed it perfectly. His chin strap wasn't even on, by the way. <laughs> he don't need a chin strap. He's Andrew George. He yeah. never had a chin strap on. He, he can fly to New Mexico and have, like, two touchdown catches the day he has a baby or something, too, right? Exactly. That was he wild. never wore a chin strap, and Dennis never wore his helmet in the game. So I mean, <laughs> you know? Did, did you jump on the pile that uh, happened in the end zone uh, after? Yes, and I thought I was going to die. I seriously <laughs> thought seriously? I was going to die. Scary. There was about 30 people in that pile, and somehow I ended up on the bottom of it, and I couldn't move. I was get, I was literally getting crushed. I was already out of breath from sprinting down to the end zone. I, I couldn't breathe, but somehow, <laughs> I can't remember who, but I started screaming like, help, get me out of here. <laughs> Someone grabbed me and yanked me out of the bottom of it. And then before I know it, as soon as I got yanked out of the bottom of it, somebody else grabbed me and threw me up in the air. And then I'm riding a sort of crowd surf all around. Good gravy. Wild, right? Keep the quarterback safe. That's one of my worst nightmares to be caught at the bottom of a pile like that. Claustrophobia. So that's why I pull my hood off and look around like, am I going to get knocked into this and over? No way, man. Man. Max Hall crowd surfing on his way to that epic rant. Um, One thing I failed to mention is, I believe this was the first time in the Bronco Mendenhall era that BYU had donned the royal blue tops. I, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, that was a cool look. They and came out in the royal blue tops and the white pants with the royal stripes on the side. And I was with my brother Trevor, and I was like, oh, this is – this is it's on, baby. This is different. This, this matters. And I believe since then they've done it. Isn't that what happens almost every year, right? Against Utah. Or every year? Against Some Utah. Some of Royal. Yeah, you do. Uh, and I believe that in basketball they've done that. It's, you, you, go, you go road, or I guess home unis. And BYU yeah. wore the Royals in the Las Vegas Bowl and that dominant victory over Oregon State. It went really well. A few weeks later. Yes. Cougars finished ranked number 12 in the country. They go 11-2. and two. Max Hall wins 32 games as a starter, all-time winning as quarterback. Yeah, so... He has the right to say what he wants to say, I guess. Not everyone agreed, but uh, some did agree. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. So th- this this show, Volume 1, Volume 2 now have been awesome. What are some of your favorite great moments in BYU football history? Oh, hard not to start with the Hail Mary. Yep. The Hail Mary. That's and the, the best play to Miracle make. Bowl. Jim like, McMahon, play the best. 
because it because it ends just this miraculous, remarkable comeback against a really good SMU team, and BYU had not won a bowl game. They were feeling the pressure. Lavelle Edwards had been to the 1974 Fiesta Bowl. And 76 Tangerine. Tangerine Bowl. They'd been to the Holiday 78, Bowl. 78-79 Holiday. A and couple now of times. Yeah. Had yet to win a bowl game. So there was more pressure on Lavelle Edwards, he said, than even going into the national championship game because they just couldn't win a bowl game. Well, he was playing SMU in that 6-5 and five Michigan. So, they, so it, <laughs> it was easier. You're down... By 20 with four minutes to go, and that play ends it and caps it. Unbelievable. Hard, you can't beat that. Yeah, Bechtel Lane is right up there as well. I think that's the second greatest play in BYU history in terms of a great moment. Obviously, beating Utah is huge. The amazing stories. And, and the backstory that we talked about of 05, BYU has a Hail Mary, uh, essentially, at the as time expires uh, in OT. No time, but last play. And John Beck learns. He learns, and he applies, and bang, Back to Harleen, it happens. And then other great moments you got to mention. 1984, beating Michigan and winning a national championship. To me, if you're talking not play but moment, that's the greatest moment in BYU history is winning the national you championship. culminate a perfect 13-0 and season and you're ranked number one in the country when you do it. Ty Detmer winning the Heisman is a great moment. Um, Kyle Morrell specifically, 84 against Hawaii. This the will greatest, be on volume three. Yeah, exactly. The greatest defensive play in BYU history by far is Kyle Morrell saving essentially the undefeated season. Hey, we're having a great time doing this. Uh, we've put together uh, approaching 2,000 BYU Sports Nation shows all time. So we've had some fantastic interviews, yes. and, and we like to relive these great moments by going back and revisiting a lot of these interviews. And we will never have a greater guest lineup ever no. than what we've had in Volume 1 and Volume 2, <laughs> which was who again? Uh, Ty Detmer, Taysom Hill, Mitch Matthews, Brandon Doman, David Nixon, Gennaro Guilford, of course, Max Hall, and Harvey Unga. All of those guests brought to you either in person or on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, Deseret First. You know why, we show how. Sorry to Dennis Pitt in no time. We had time for you in volume one, though. We ran out of time today. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYU. Hey, Max, I'll take a dig at Dennis Pitt at this volume, too. That's you why Max is my guy, dude. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Roger French. Go Cougs. And here's to more great moments.